A solo travel woman is a woman who is passionate about exploring new destinations, immersing themselves in different cultures, and really getting out there to create these once-in-a-lifetime memories without letting fear or anyone hold them back. Welcome to the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and each week I am here to help motivate, inspire, and empower you to take your next solo adventure. Whether you've traveled solo before or maybe you're just thinking about it, you're going to learn so much here as we dive into different destinations, give the best tips around budgeting and planning your next solo itinerary. You're going to hear from all different experts and travel enthusiasts about their solo adventures. So I invite you to tune in each week as we take this amazing journey together on the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. Hey travelers, welcome to episode 12 of the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm excited for you to join us again this week. This outlet of, you know, being able to tell inspiring stories to empower and motivate you has really given me a whole new purpose and it's really brought to life a whole nother side of my business that I never knew I was missing until I started this podcast. And that is being able to reach out to more than just my immediate, you know, following and I guess market. It's being able to reach out to more people around the world to inspire them. And I realized through the past 12 weeks, you know, that I've been doing this, I've never told my story. I've never sat down with you guys and told you how I got here, what actually inspired me to start Solo Travel Woman. And now, yes, you can go to my website and you can read a little blurb about how, you know, it came to be and a little bit about me. But that's, you know, a few paragraphs. That's not my true story. Well, it's my true story, but it's not the true full story. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just a summary, an executive statement, if you will, um, of how this all came to fruition. So I thought this episode would be perfect to just kind of sit down, have a cup of hot cocoa. It's a cold day here in New York and tell you about how I became solo travel woman. Okay, so I'm going to take you way back. We're going to we're going to go to where this all started. Where is Sarah Straw from? How did she become who she is today? Uh, so I was born in Buffalo, New York to a pretty normal, you know, middle class family. I had a handful of siblings. I had my parents. Both my parents worked. My dad worked in IT during the day. My mom was a nurse at night. And we, you know, went to school. Um, I personally went to a public school, but a couple of my siblings went to private schools. You know, we all went to high school. We all, well, some of us went to college and, you know, it really, we were the normal family. Um, but the one thing, you know, we didn't do much was travel. And that's not because we didn't want to, but, you know, growing up in middle America and as a middle-class family and, you know, both parents working, it wasn't the easiest thing to do to afford a family of six, you know, traveling somewhere. It's just not, wasn't really feasible. And so we, when we would travel, it would be to visit family. So I have family in North Carolina and we would take road trips down there. Um, family in Pennsylvania, same thing. So that, that was the extent of traveling until I got to be in grade school. So middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth. 
And then each year we had a class trip. So my first trip was, my first class trip was actually to New York City in sixth grade. So I was about 11 and we got to see the Rockettes. I even got to meet them. We got to go behind the state, behind the scenes at Radio City Music Hall. And really it was like the best. It is why I fell in love with New York City. It is the reason I knew that the moment I could, I was moving here um, as an adult. In seventh grade, we ended up going to Virginia Beach um, in the Williamsburg, Virginia area, which was amazing, especially for a history nerd like me. I loved everything about Williamsburg. Virginia Beach was awesome. I got my first henna tattoo there, which was pretty cool. <laughs> um, and the boardwalk was just so much fun. And one of the things that sticks out the most to me is that, you know, um, statue, I guess, um, of the three seagulls. Um, I think that's, I don't know why, to me that marks that you're at Virginia Beach. And then in eighth grade, we went up to Toronto, which in growing up in Buffalo, New York, that's about an hour and a half away. So not too far. And back then you didn't need passports or anything. You just took the drive up. And we went up to Toronto and we went to um, whatchamacallit, Canada's Wonderland, which was a, you know, amusement park like a Six Flags and things like that. And that was where our eighth grade class trip was. And it was so much fun. So experiencing different cities that weren't related to family really started when I was in middle school. Then we get to high school and, you know, I, I did not partake in any of the big high school trips to other countries. It was, it was hard. It was a lot of money. And I'm not going to lie. I wasn't the most determined and motivated person to do all the fundraising to raise money to go. So definitely missed out there. I also found myself in, you know, a pretty serious relationship in high school, uh, you know, into college that was not healthy. I mean, it was very toxic and very abusive, um, both mentally and physically. And it really kind of just made me stuck. You know, I ended up not going to the college I dreamed to go to and I stayed local in Buffalo. And then I ended up leaving that college and I ended up taking a semester off not just because of the relationship was in, but because that's when my dad first started with a lot of his health issues. Um, so at that time he had a open heart surgery and my mind just wasn't in school. I could care less. My, my mind just, you know, when my dad's getting his chest cut open, the last thing I thought about was opening up an, you know, algebra book or anything like that. And I know algebra is high school, but whatever I was studying then, just didn't care. And so I ended up taking a semester off and proving a lot of people wrong because they always said when when kids take that gap year, I guess you can say, or gap semester, they sometimes most often don't go back. Well, I, I did. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I ended up going to the community college and I, you know, just kind of, I was stuck. I, I was not happy. I was gaining a lot of weight and then I would lose a lot of weight and still in this extremely toxic relationship that was not healthy for me. And I ended up getting engaged to this person and it just, you know, made me more stuck. Um, and I'm not, that's not what this is about. So I'm not going to dive into the details of how and why and all the nitty gritty of the toxicity that was part of that, but it was just not good. And I ended up finally at least making a step towards doing something for me. And I ended up going to the school I had wanted to go to, which was SUNY Fredonia. So it was not some big, you know, state school or anything like that. It was a school about about 45 minutes south of where I grew up in Buffalo. And I loved singing. I loved music. I loved 
you know, putting on shows and things like that. And this was one of the better schools in the area that offered. And I'm so happy I got in and got to go there because the people I met, I'm still in touch with my teachers and it's been, well, my goodness, it's been a very long time, like 15 years since I graduated college. Holy, wait, holy crap. That's scary to say out loud, guys. Anyways, so I, um, you know, I'm very blessed to have finally gone there and, you know, the people I met and had I not taken that gap year, the people I met wouldn't be the people I, you know, became close to. It would have been a different group of people. And so I definitely think everything does happen for a reason. Um, and while in college, you know, I was very fortunate to take part in a few shows, um, also being able to watch Mahalit, uh, stage manage a ton. Stage managing was my favorite. Um, I, like I said, I love to produce things and it kind of leads into why I do what I do today. Um, as far as putting on, you know, producing and managing corporate events, I love to put on a production that kind of influences and helps other people's lives. And then I ended up, you know, my senior year of college, me and a couple of my friends embarked on a trip to New York City and we just decided, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to move to New York City. So right after college, we moved to New York City. So this is May 2008 and we had the best time. Um, this city just offers so much. And yes, it was hard at first. I was a talent agent assistant. I was a casting assistant. I bartended. You know, I did. I lived that life of working multiple jobs, you know, starving artists, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, me and my friends, we moved around to different apartments and I went off on my own and we started our own um, theater, um, you know, program <laughs> like called Madcap Collective, which was really, really cool to do. And we put on our own productions and, and then I ended up going back to grad school and I got my master's in marketing because like I said, I knew I wanted to put on productions and I really wasn't happy in the entertainment industry. And I found the next best thing, which ended up being an amazing passion of mine, which was corporate events and putting on trade shows and product launches and awards galas and things like that and producing them. And it was absolutely the best thing that happened to me and my career. And so I gave you that long-winded, even though I didn't talk much about travel there, long-winded explanation about where I come from. So you can kind of see, I really didn't travel much, minus some road trips here and there and a few school trips. I didn't go anywhere, you know, and it was something, I'm a history buff. I love all things history. I mean, I'm watching Discovery Channel probably 24-7. And so for someone like me who who loves that kind of stuff to not ever travel, it was really sad. <laughs> and so I get into the world of corporate events and I start to travel domestically. So I'm in Vegas a ton for trade shows. I'm, you know, in Florida. I'm going to California. I'm going all over. And I just knew that I had to eventually get out of this country and I don't mean it in a bad way, but to explore. I needed to see new cultures. And, you know, even though I went to Canada when I was younger, growing up in Buffalo, New York, like I said, that was a hop, skip, and a jump away. Um, we used to go to Canada on the weekends when we turned 19 because that's the drinking age. And it was like just going to another town or another city, nothing crazy. But I knew I wanted to explore, and I just didn't know how. 
Although traveling solo is one of the best experiences you can ever have, sometimes it does get kind of lonely. And sometimes it's really hard to find others who share that same passion of traveling and doing it on their own. And that is why I love Tourlina. Tourlina is an amazing app that allows women to connect with fellow female travel companions and locals within a secure and trusted network. It is safe and reliable. Every new user gets checked and only verified users can chat with each other. It's for women only, so you could still be part of that solo travel woman network. And it also just makes you want to travel. It's not a dating app and you're never gonna travel alone when you join Tourlina. So my viewers, what's awesome is Tourlina is giving you 50% off a one-year subscription. Use code Sarah. 50 and go to tourlina.com slash promo to get your 50% off. Again, that's tourlina.com slash promo for 50% off. All the details are in the description below. So ultimately, I'm in my career. I'm loving it. I'm moving up in the world of corporate events. And I get an amazing role at a um, background screening company to lead their global event program. And so that led me to doing incentive trips, which are trips that award your top sales, um, partners, account managers on a destination trip to, you know, wherever. And we focus mostly on the Caribbean. And so in 2014, I was able to get my first passport um, and my first passport stamp on a trip to Dominican Republic. And I produced a huge event there. I stayed an extra few days so I can actually do my own thing. And I went by myself and minus, you know, the few days that I was there with my company, I was there by myself the other like five or six days I ended up staying. And that's when I first kind of, you know, people thought I was crazy because I had never been anywhere by myself like that. And, you know, I, yes, I was going for work, but like I said, those other days I was alone and I'm in, you know, Dominican Republic at that time, you know, un poquito, very little Spanish that I know. And I just, I just did it though. Like I stayed those extra days because how can you travel somewhere you've never been and not make the most of it, most of it. So that was when I got my first passport stamp and that was my first taste of international travel, um, besides Canada. And then in 2015, went on another trip, this time to Cancun, um, well, specifically Playa del Carmen, and had the trip there with work. Um, same thing, you know, extended the trip, went by myself. And when we came back, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done just traveling for work. I need to start getting out there and doing this on my own. And like I said, my father was a huge inspiration in my life. He served in the military. So my father got to go all over the world, some really cool places, some not so fun places, of course. And my dad always said to me, you know, he hoped that one day I could see more of the world like he was able to. And, you know, he any time I had a crazy dream or goal, he was the first one to support me. And he was always like my biggest cheerleader. And he just was someone I would go to to sound every idea off of any Anything I wanted to do, I would go to him. When I would get a promotion or if I got a new job or whatever it could be, he was the first person I called to 
tell them, you know, and get excited about. My dad was, he was ultimately my best friend. He was my rock. He was everything to me. Now, it's not that I don't love anybody else in my family. I just had that very close relationship with my father. And he always pushed me to do these things. And so in 2015, you know, I'm going to be turning 30 that year um, in December. And I just knew, okay, what am I going to do for myself finally? I'm finally in a great career that's stable, very good income coming in. I can afford to do it finally because I'm not working 20 jobs and all going towards bills. And so Greece was always a dream destination of mine. I had always said, if I can travel anywhere and die the next day, I hope it's Greece. I don't know why. I've always been very intrigued with Greek mythology and culture. My dad loved Greek mythology and culture, so that's probably why. Um, and, I mean, even my sister, her name's Phaedra. And I know in Greece it's, you know, Phaedra's the, you know, the story. But I can't help but think that name Phaedra kind of derived from that in a way. And I really really just knew that's where I wanted to make my first true solo trip not related to work be. And so I ended up going to Greece and Turkey in September of 2015 as a 30th birthday gift to myself. And I got to explore Athens, Mycenae, um, Delphi, Olympia, Nafplio, um, we toured, so that was mainland. And then we got onto the islands and toured, uh, Mykonos, Santorini, Crete, Patmos, and Kushidasi, Turkey. And I was that person that wanted to see everything. So, you know, I went to Ephesus in Turkey and got to walk on the marble pathways that Mark Antony and Cleopatra walked on, which I cried, <laughs> you know, this, this was a dream of mine and being a history person, it was so moving to me to even see a toilet that people used back then, you know, which was really just a hole in a piece of clay and ceramic and things like that. And, you know, to see that a library and see the first, you know, street sign, which was, you know, a foot that was embedded in the marble tile on the ground. And I went to a Turkish rug weaving school and see how they extract the silk from the silkworms to make these rugs. And I watched a woman weaving these Turkish rugs, which we all know Turkish rugs are so famous and so beautiful and extremely expensive. Well, now I know why. I saw how long it takes. I mean, I bought a scarf and that scarf took three months to make. Could you imagine a huge 11 by X rug? Um, and, you know, I got to, I learned from a man in Turkey. He learns a lot about American culture by watching Family Guy. You know, I got to see so much. And one of the best parts about Turkey was being from America, you have a stereotype of what people are going to look like and how they're going to act when you go to a different country. And unfortunately, here in the U.S., Muslim-dominated countries do not have a very good reputation. And I apologize for that on behalf of, you know, the country I live in. It's unfortunate, but it is, you know, what it is. And it is, you know, how things are perceived. And I pray that people travel more and experience culture so that opinion changes. And so when I went to Turkey, I'm expecting to see, you know, darker skin and darker hair and turbans and all of this stuff and I wasn't going scared I didn't let western like the western views 
affect me in that way where I was like scared to go to a Muslim country. Absolutely not. Because whether you're Muslim, Catholic, white, black, I, I don't care about those type of things. We're all human. And so I wasn't, but I was just expecting a certain look. And the guy that, you know, was guiding us through Ephesus was a blonde haired, blue eyed boy, not boy, he was a man, but born and raised in Turkey. And he even called out, he was like, I bet you were expecting to see X, Y, Z. And that is when I had my first, this is why you should travel culture experience. That was when I first realized this is why people need to travel. This is why I have to tell people about traveling because to break down those stereotypes and those reputations, people have to see others in different countries, experience the cultures, because if not, we're always going to be close-minded. Had I not met this man and learned about his origins, I would have not ever known, you know, I would have always had that stereotype of what people in Turkey should look like because of what I was taught here in America. And I'm so blessed and fortunate that that opinion changed. And I really hope that happens for other people. The other parts of Greece, you know, seeing buildings that are thousands and thousands of years old, even in ruins, was just so magical to me and walking through the Plaka district and, you know, going to a restaurant and having, you know, Greek men and women dancing and singing and opa and, you know, yasus and oh my gosh, I get chills thinking about it and I want to cry every time because it was the best experience I've ever been on. Sorry, I'm getting kind of emotional here, guys. Um, But that's what travel does to me. It gets me emotional. It gets me in tune with how I'm feeling. It gets me to see how horrible people have been throughout all of basically human, you know, existence and how we treat other people just based on the culture or the color of their skin or their religion. And that is why traveling is so important to get rid of all of that negative stuff so we can just learn to love one another and we can learn to just accept people for who they are and the fact that we're all human. And I apologize for getting emotional, but I I can't help it. It's what traveling does to me. It moves me in that way. So that was Greece and Turkey. And obviously I did all the touristy things and I did everything you could think of. And I enjoyed local libations and beverages and it was the best. And after that, I never, I never looked back. And my solo travels have led me to the Andes mountains in Peru, trekking to Machu Picchu and spending weeks in Cusco and enjoying all of the culture in Peru from the colors to the people, to the food, to the Pisco Sours, you know, I, Peru was a very eye-opening trip for me mentally and physically because it occurred three months after my father passed away. So my dad passed away in June of 2017 and three months later I embarked on this trip and you know, it's a very physically demanding trip and one I didn't think I could do. (laughs) I didn't train for it. I really just went and I, there was many times I wanted to give up and, you know, the one time we're up in the cloud forest area. So this is when you're getting up to dead woman's pass. So it's on day two and you're inclining up these Inca trail steps, which if you've never hiked the Inca trail, it's not a trail. It's not a path. It's stairs the whole darn way. And you're going up and down and up and down. You're elevating up to 
14,000 feet and plus, you know, more than 14,000 feet. But we're up there and a white, I'm, I'm ready to give up. Like I'm sore. I'm having a hard time breathing. Luckily I didn't have any blood because once you're above 8,000 feet, you can start to develop that lung condition. Um, you know, I was fortunate that I didn't have that, but I, I was, I was tapped out and I was ready to tap out. And all of a sudden this white butterfly, and people are going to think I'm crazy, came and landed on my shoulder. And now usually, whether it's a butterfly, a ladybug, a fly, a bumblebee, I hate bugs, all insects. And I do not like when they touch me. And I typically would have freaked out if a butterfly landed at me. And I didn't. I felt actually at peace. And I really felt like it was my dad sending a message to me to keep going, that I've got this. I've dealt with worse in my life, um, which I had. And I kept going. And I did it. I got to the end. And I made it to Machu Picchu. And I smelled really bad. <laughs> that, was, that was my evidence that I did the trek was how bad I smelled. Even using wet wipes, you still smell bad because you don't shower for days. Uh, and I just was so proud of myself. And never again will I doubt what I can do. Because someone who's not the most physically fit did it. And I've seen really fit people not be able to do it. I've read the stories. And... Um, because you can't control how your lungs, you know, if, deal with the acclimation and stuff and the altitude. And, and I did it, and it was the best feeling in the whole wide world. And so Peru was definitely a solo trip that really made me challenge myself physically and mentally and prove to myself that I'm, I'm capable of so, so much. And so then I've, been, I've gone to... Amsterdam, Prague, Berlin. Um, where else did I go? Amsterdam, Prague, Berlin, Vienna. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to think here. London. I've been to all of those locations solo and they were fabulous. Not as moving as my first solo trip, you know, to Greece and that physically, you know, and mentally eye opening trip of Peru but still magical nonetheless. Prague is like plucked out of a fairy tale book. I would, oh my gosh, that place is just stunning and gorgeous and the people are so friendly and places I went to were very unique. There's the sex museum in Prague and if you ever go to Prague, go, definitely go because it's quite interesting. It's not like raunchy you know what I mean it's actually very educational and historic so it's actually quite cool the gift shop though is quite funny um they have some fun chocolates in there but you know Prague was just we went to a tavern that was in an old dungeon like they've definitely repurposed old buildings um Vienna was just stunning and beautiful and I went to the Svorsky crystal like flagship headquarters or whatever and got myself some stuff and that was cool to see and the music and the people in the cathedrals oh my goodness the cathedrals are just amazing and I I mean I spent more a lot of time in Vienna and I would just walk the streets and listen to the music and the people and sit at cafes and have schnitzel and wine and just it was amazing and everyone there was extremely friendly as well and it was funny because you know the main road in Vienna remind me a lot of like driving down Park Ave in New York City but more pretty to be honest and we even went to a classic opera 
um, the one night. And that was amazing. And when I say we, just so you guys know, I did travel to these places by myself, but I met people while I was there. Um, so that's the whole point too of traveling is that you meet people. I have lifelong friends all over the world um, because of traveling and opening myself up to engage and talk to people. And then Berlin. Berlin hit me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if other people experienced it, but when I did a walking tour of all the main points of Berlin that, you know, were part of the Holocaust, like where Hitler supposedly was killed. Um, I say supposedly because, of course, there's those conspiracy theories out there that he actually didn't die there. But, you know, when I was standing over where that bunker is now, that bunker is still underground everything that was in that bunker is still buried there because they didn't want to extract it and put it in a museum or anything and cause that to become a shrine or a meeting point for um, the Nazis of that have continued on and have survived and are still here today. And so when you're standing on that and then you're walking through the monument of the, of the Jews and you're going through that and you are walking through, you know, the plaza where they burned all those books and, it, it's dark. Like, I don't know if anyone else was like this, but as much as I liked Berlin and it was beautiful, you know, and seeing the wall and I, I mean, it was definitely, I just, I don't know. I just felt a sense of dread everywhere I went and I don't mean it to sound mean or in a negative way. And I might be because I'm someone who is in tune with what happens in places. And, and it's not that I have a sixth sense or anything like that. And maybe I do. I don't know what this means. But if I'm somewhere where bad things have happened, I feel it. Like, I don't know what it does to me, but it kind of takes over my emotions. And it's like, I actually can feel the pain and I can feel the emotions of others. And I don't know how to describe it without coming off like a loony bird. <laughs> but when I was in Berlin and in these certain areas where people were slaughtered, it's like you could feel the dread from that. And then when I was in a store, I was fine. Like, you know, it was just, it was just different um we even stopped at a checkpoint when we were entering germany on the autobahn um and even there you know we're getting food at a mcdonald's and here's a checkpoint and i just made me kind of mad you know this is a place where hundreds of people were probably killed and i'm freaking buying french fries at the mcdonald's next door it's just i don't know it's it, it, it things like that kind of gets me but i'm digressing here so Berlin was, <laughs> Berlin was definitely interesting. It was hard. It was beautiful. Um, and then also Amsterdam was lots of fun. I definitely partook in Amsterdam local treats, if you know what I mean, uh, which was interesting because I don't typically do that type of stuff. So that definitely took me for a whirlwind. Um, also took part in a interesting show. We went to a sex show in Amsterdam and it uh, like pretty much watching it live and watching a porn live in person right there on right there on stage. And I was brought up on stage um, and I got spun around by a naked man who was big and muscular and just hunk. <laughs> and so that was interesting. Definitely got so I feel like, you know, I took part in some Amsterdam culture there firsthand. Um, that it was so much fun though, but I would love to go back with like a group of friends and just have a ball and all these places, by the way, I stayed at, stayed at hostels. So I met a ton of people too. And so Amsterdam was fun. I didn't do a lot in Amsterdam. We were, uh, I was there for like a day and a half and um, two days. So I would definitely like to go back there for sure. 
we went to Adam, which was wonderful. And I got to see how clogs were made and watch a very, very, very cool ex- like showing of how clogs were made. And I got to get some authentic cheese, um, which was delicious. I wanted to bring some home, but I couldn't because it wasn't pasteurized. So couldn't bring that on the plane home. But there were so many cool things I've been able to experience traveling solo. So you can understand why now when I, you know, oh no, I went to London too. Also, sorry, forgot to say. So I went to London and I've been to London a ton for work and then for trips by myself. I actually have a very good friend who lives in London that I've met. We, I met her in Greece and we're friends to this day. And I've, you know, London, I, I mean, I could move there tomorrow. I just think it's an amazing city. It's beautiful. It's so clean. It's so pretty. It's so historic. You know, being able to go to the White Tower was interesting. Not going to lie, though, I don't like that everything's replica. I really wanted to see actual, you know, devices that were used back in the day. But I understand a lot of it was destroyed in World War II. Um, Winston Churchill's house in Blenheim Palace, that was really cool to see. And the Windsor Palace, like just seeing palaces and seeing where king and queen still live. And it's just insane to me. I don't, I get really excited and I know I might come off a as like this big dork, but I don't know, but I get so geeked out over the fact that these places have so much history. Like here in the States, yeah, we have history, but it's not like what you see in Greece or Turkey or Prague or Peru or Vienna or London. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and I get like, I have a huge, you can't see me, but I hope you could tell me I have a huge smile on my face because just talking about it, gets me so happy and so excited because it's just so cool like all I want to do is be traveling I I hate being in one place I just want to always be out there learning things so as you could see it was a long journey for me to get to where I am today and on the travel frontier and I've done other things domestically I've been to Seattle by myself Portland Oregon I spent a month in San Diego to visit friends and friends of mine and because it was a favorite city of my dad's and I've it's become my second favorite place on earth and you know I've been to Disney World I've been I've been to Texas I've been to Nebraska I've been to Kansas I've been to Oklahoma you know I've been to a lot of places in the U.S. I actually have to have a goal to go to all 40 states or all 50 states by the time I'm 40 and I've been to like 30 something of them right now and so with everything I've experienced and how excited it gets me, I just wanted to, you know, those experiences shouldn't be locked in my own personal capsule of my mind. They are things that should be shared to hopefully just hearing how giddy I get over this inspires someone to finally get out there if you haven't yet or inspires someone to leave that toxic environment they may be in. Like I left, you know, my ex-fiance and get out there and live life for yourself and experience or if you're someone that's always put your life on hold for somebody else seeing you know hearing my story I hope helps you realize that as much as you love other people and yes life is more than just about you you should still be putting yourself first and doing things that make your heart happy and your mind healthy and giving you a purpose to life and that's why I started solo travel woman it's to inspire and to motivate and to empower other women 
And hell, if a guy finds empowerment through this too, that is amazing. I just obviously am a woman, so I speak to women in a different way. And to get out there and explore the world and break down those barriers you've always had up, you know, throw out those stereotypes you may have been taught and you've grown up hearing and make decisions, you know, and make, I guess, opinions on your own terms. Get out there and don't let somebody else's opinions affect how you feel and how you experience this world because you're going to you're going to regret. You're going to have shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and you're going to wake up one day and say, I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z. And that's anything in life, guys. I mean, that's whether it's asking for a promotion or a raise or living in the house you want or having the car of your dreams. You know, we could say, we, you know, live, we work to live or we live to work and, you know, all your money goes towards bills and this and that. But what what is that kind of life and what is that going to do for you at the end? No one's going to give a crap how much money you have. No one's going to give a crap about any of that. So live the life you want to live, whether it's buying your favorite car or living in an apartment you would or a home or that you would dream, only dream of or traveling all over this amazing world. You know, you got to do what is going to bring the most fulfillment to your life. And for me, that's traveling. And for me, it's sharing my story So that way I can inspire other people to travel. And so I hope that helps kind of lead, you know, help you understand, you know, where I came from and how traveling started in my life and hearing how giddy I get over travel can kind of give you an idea of why I decided to start a company and a found and a movement to inspire others. Um, So, you know, Solo Travel Women started as a blog Um, It was pretty much my own just diary, which then turned into, "Eh, let me add some merch. You know, maybe there's other solo travel women out there that want to represent. And then that led to me wanting to be able to do more than just inspire other women, but to actually help them live out their dream of travel by helping them plan their trips, book their trips, and give them the perfect itinerary for the most amazing travel experience. And then from there, I wrote a guide to help women plan their own travel. Um, It's called the Solo Travel Woman Guide. And then I started this podcast and to reach more people. And so it's all from just that motivation from my father to get out there and live my best life and follow my dreams to the excitement and the emotions and the feeling that travel gives me and to hopefully one day even if it's one person, motivate and inspire someone to just jump ship and get out there and explore this amazing world. So I just wanted to share a little bit of my story. I hope I didn't bore you. I hope you come back next week to hear more. <laughs> but I, I really love you guys. I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening on. And if you really liked what you heard today, give us a rating. We love to hear from you and get your feedback. See you next week.